We open on a distant star, burning bright and shining in the darkness. And it's so far away that as the camera backs up and flies backwards, we pass by this cold, white and blue, icy planet and the moons that orbit it. And we keep going until we get to a small starship. It's blocky. It's got these kind of very stout wings on the side and these antennas poking forward. It's got this red and yellow color scheme that gives it a kind of uh, fiery gemstone look. Written across the side, it, it says amber. And the amber pulls out of the drift passage and it's been riding this faster than light drift through space into a deep expanse to this kind of podunk star system. There's very little traffic out here, very little, uh, very few starships kind of sharing this space as the amber kind of pulls out of the drift and stops its near light speed travel. And inside we hear this huge rattling, this shaking as we get out of the drift. And we see Theophania as we kind of come into the ship, pass through one of the like the bay windows. We come upon the ship's captain and the ship's owner. Could you introduce us to Theophania? Sure. So Theophania is what would be five, six, five, seven in today's standards for women. Like she's not absurdly tall, but she's usually one of the taller women in the crowd. She's got light blonde hair that is, it's natural. She doesn't like it, so she tries to hide it. So you see her with a hat on in the cockpit. I don't know if that's what you call it in a spaceship. Yeah, you can call it the cockpit. Whatever. She's got a hat on. Her hair's real short, like Charlize Theron, um, but she's got olive skin, more like Sofia Vergara, who is a natural blonde. Just, I'm just throwing that out there. She goes by she, her, and yeah, her name's Theophania. Her call sign's Shadow. I think you see her in like mechanic overall sort of deal. That's so funny because that's exactly what my character is also. That's awesome. In. That is awesome. It's I think like the one type of clothing that we have on the ship. Yes. Well, because you know, like, why would you dirty your planet clothes? You're on a ship. It's fine. Just wear your pajamas. These are pajamas. I don't know that she owns other clothes. I haven't quite decided that yet. But she's wearing mechanics overalls. That sort sort of thing. I think they're the only ones that wear overalls like that, right? Mechanics like full bodied overalls. With I mean, the sleeves like, and everything. Yeah, mechanics, farmer. Oh, with the sleeves. So this is sleeves. this is like a coverall. This is like yeah. almost like a jumpsuit thing. Yeah. Oh, that is not what I'm wearing. Okay, okay. well that's what I'm that's what I'm wearing. Like, I guess like airline, like not airline, like Air Force pilots wear stuff like yeah, that. Too. Yeah, yeah. Like, so that's some like typical shipboard yeah. stuff because you don't want any. The reason you wear those like one piece outfits is because you don't want any snags. You don't want any like yeah. problems uh, with like clothes separating on the ship. Yeah, that's what I'm wearing. Okay, all right. So it's like a flight suit almost. Yes. Okay, there you go. Okay. Yeah. And you're at the cockpit? Yep. So you're kind of navigating the amber as amber gets out of the drift. You hear a call go over the intercom, and it's your one and only crew member and teammate, 
Isolt, and Isolt goes, Hey, Theo, do we got any beef? I, th- I could swore we had uh, freeze-dried beef, and I'm trying to make some bell peppers and beef, and I cannot find any beef. So, uh, have, you, have you seen it anymore? I swear I picked some up at the last station. I don't know who you're talking to, because I've told you a thousand times, my name's not Theo, it's Shadow. Right. Call All me right. Shadow. Right. Sorry, Shadow. Uh, I just, uh, <laughs> so- sorry, Shadow. Um, Shadow. Have you seen the freeze-dried beef? Have you checked the cabinets? I did check the cabinets. Did you check the cabinets next to the storage where the rice is? Oh, no. You think it... Oh, no, I didn't. All right, hold on. Let me... Let me. I'll call you right back. Let me hear a click as the intercom goes off. And you are seeing um, in through the, through the cockpit window, there's this distant planet, and it's this cold ice planet, and we're not going to that planet. We are going to one of the moons around the planet. And the name of this moon is Sepulcher Landing. And it got that name for uh, some sort of... It has... We're not quite sure what the situation is, but we know this is like a big religious settlement out in the expanse. But they've been having some trouble. And uh, one of the sheriffs in one of the cities at Sepulcher Landing uh, contacted us to to help them out with with an issue they'd been having. You hear a click on the intercom. Oh, hey, uh, Shadow, I, I found I, I did find, I found the beef. You you want some uh, bell peppers and beef? I'm gonna put this on real quick. Should be rehydrated real quick. Yeah, obviously. Oh, okay. I'm. Uh, you want to meet me in the in the mess, or do you want me to come? Do you, do you want me to bring it up? I should have time to meet you in the mess. We're coming up on the planet, on the pl- on the moon now, but I should have time to meet you in the mess. All right, okay. Uh, you come and meet, you come on down, and uh, I'm gonna. I got us some uh, soup ready. Is bell peppers and beef a soup? Nope, pretty sure it's a stir fry. Okay. <laughs> I think Shadow goes like she like she's clicked off, and as she's walking to the mess, she's like, I I don't think that's a soup. <laughs> I don't think that's a soup. What what is the inside of the amber like so it's neat as neat as it can be but like the cables are all exposed they're not like hidden away there's you know like it's it's older it's an older ship she takes care of it but it's an older ship so there's like parts that clearly there should be a tile there but it's not it's missing it's a little bit beat up but she keeps it neat she keeps it orderly she keeps it running she takes pride in her ship so but it's like like, it could be better. Yeah. It could be prettier. She knows that. I'm also imagining it as really cramped. Yeah. Um, Like, you kind of have to duck down a little bit through a lot of spaces, a lot of, like, doorways, or, like, maybe there's, like, airlocks, emergency airlocks that are, like, really small, and you kind of have to crouch to get through. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you make it to the you, – you go to the mess hall, and the doors slide open for you, and inside is Izzle. Izzle is a – Short, I'm going to say like 5'2". That's not that short, is it? Is that shorter than me? Okay. Uh, She's about 5'2". She's younger. She's on the younger side. I'm going to say like early 20s. Baby. She's got this red frizzy hair that she does up in like a kind of a messy like ponytail that is like huge. She's got this, she's got very big hair. I'm picturing it similar to... Like if Miss Frizzle put her hair in a ponytail? Yes, it's it. Yes, 
but uh, I'm thinking of Izumi Curtis from Full Metal Alchemist, which you haven't seen in a long time. That her their uh, the brother's teacher, yeah, who has like the 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 like thick curls. Mm-hmm. I actually think Izumi Curtis has dreads, but or um, Doc Ock in Spider Verse, the Miles Morales Doc Ock. Olivia Octavius, I think is her name. Okay. But she's got the big curls that kind mm-hmm. of, she's got like huge, big curly bun in the back of her head. And Isolt is also wearing, so she's wearing overalls, um, but just like suspender overalls. Mm-hmm. and Like the farmer kind. Yes. So she's got, her, her shoulders are bare. She's got these, these thick um, canvas overalls, and I think she's wearing a sports bra under them. And you can kind of see peeking up behind the sports bra and her like chest, like the center of her chest, there's this sort of bruise mark on her skin, this kind of uh, dark blue fading into green mark that kind of uh, extends almost up between her collarbones and down to, you can't see this because of the overalls, but like down to her like the like um her solar plexus or below her solar plexus. Yeah, she's got these messy overalls on. She's got uh thick, thick boots, and she's got this big pot of what she has turned bell peppers and beef into like a stew. And it is mostly water. Mm-hmm. It is like 80% water. Mm-hmm. And she scoops out a bowl for you and she she pours it, uh she ladles out a bowl, she sets it on the table. And then she she makes herself one. I don't take a bite until she takes a bite. Uh, <laughs> she takes her bowl and she sits down. And she goes, uh, "I I could only find the salt, so um, I, I hope I hope it tastes okay." And she takes a bite and kind of squishes her face a little bit. And goes, uh, "My my might have been too much salt. Might have overdone it on the uh, on the salt a little bit, but ooh, it, it's it's good though." It is. It's good. It's pretty good. So when I see her wince with the first bite, I'm, I like shake my head like, yep, that's what I thought. This is what I expected when I said yes to eating your food. And um, I like you see you see um, Shadow kind of like brace herself before she takes up a scoop. She's going to finish her bowl. She's not wasting the food, but she prepares herself for this experience. So, uh, ooh, ooh, okay. So uh, you you said we're almost at Sepulchre Landing? Yes, we are almost there. Um, When we get there, we're going to dock. We're going to take the skiff to meet the minister, preacher? Sheriff. Sheriff. I couldn't couldn't remember who called us. I mean, I think he probably does. He seemed, uh, uh, he had one of those like uh, collar things, you know, the. Like a priest? I guess. I don't know. All right. Well, we'll find the person in charge. Yeah. uh, uh, She like uh, pulls out a. I guess like a PDA, and she kind of like skims her. Uh, Corey Talon is the name of the contact. Um, Perfect. We'll find Corey, and we'll figure out what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it sounds like it's just pretty nor- uh, normal, you know, trouble job, pick somebody up. I agree. So, uh, shouldn't, shouldn't, uh, hopefully, it'll, it'll be it'll be pretty nice. You know, uh, I, I was doing some research, and they said that there was a some sort of festival going on at the at the landing. So I don't know. Maybe we can get some uh, good food if we can uh, spare a little scrap port. And uh, no. What what wh- wh- what do you mean no? No, this is we're gonna make our money and then we're gonna go because that's what we do. But I think shouldn't we shouldn't we spend our money getting some 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 good food? 
well, and then she points to the dish. She's like, this could have been good food. Yo, you don't like it? You don't like it. Don't lie to yourself. Don't lie to me. It's food, but you don't like it. It's, I mean, it's okay. Listen. It's got a little too much salt in it, but it's, otherwise it's fine. Not saying it's not edible. I'm just saying it's bordering. <laughs> well, all right. Okay, all right. Shadow, one, one thing I do appreciate about you is, is you always say exactly what you feel. And I do, I do appreciate that. Is that what you appreciate about me? It, it sure is. And then she takes another, like, spoon. And you see her brace for it. She does not wince, but you see her brace for it. Um, oh, one thing that I forgot to mention about Isolt is she has a, what looks like a stone septum piercing. Uh, it's just like a little ring that of of stone that kind of like comes out out one nostril and up the other one. That's disgusting. I the se- <laughs> sorry the septum pe- piercing isn't disgusting. It's disgusting because I think I know what that is and that's gross. So Theo would probably know. Uh, Shadow. Shadow. She doesn't go I'm by. Sorry. She goes by no nicknames of Theophania. Very much on purpose. She goes by no nicknames of Theophania. Just Shadow. All right. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Sh- sorry, Shadow. It's just sometimes, you know, I... I if, you, uh, if you must call her by her name, you will call her by her entire name. Yeah, I, I know. I know. Listen, I, it's just... Yeah, a Segrax is getting is getting kind of hungry. A Segrax, he's, he's getting a little... Uh, he's get, feeling a little cooped up. So I just thought that maybe if we spent some time at the festival... Maybe a Segrax would chill out a little bit, um, and and I, I, you know, could just kind of feeling kind of getting a little, little uh, feeling cooped up. I have told you so many times to not mention that disgusting symbiote that you have. That's so gross. <laughs> oh, I think that's a little. Uh, it's so gross. It's so gross. It's so gross. Well, I gotta be honest, Shadow. That's that's a little hurtful. To I me. understand that. And I try real hard not to be grossed out by it, but it's gross. I guess we'll spend time at the festival so that you can hang out, so that your symbiote can, like, enjoy itself, I guess. But I'm eating. I've told you not to bring it up when I'm eating. I'm sorry. I can can handle it when I'm not eating. But it's just there in your nose. Well, it's it's not, uh, it's not in, that's not where a Segrax lives. I know that. It's just kind of, that's where, that's, you know, just. I, I know. But it's gross. And I'm eating. So, fine. We'll spend time at the festival, I guess. Well, uh, thanks. I appreciate it. Okay. And a Segrax appreciate it. Oh, God. I'm eating. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We, we finished up eating, and uh, I think the ship, you know, continues on its course to Sepulcher. Sepulcher? I keep saying Sepulcher, but I think it's Sepulcher. Well, it's whatever you said first, so. That's how names work. Sepulcher Landing. Sepulcher Landing. So, what are we doing? Well, after we eat that food, I'm, or I guess we could call it food, I am going back to the cockpit to prepare for our landing. All right. So as I'm getting up with my bowl, go prepare the skiff, get it ready. Uh, We should be landing in 10 to 15. And then I walk away. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go take care of the skiff. Okay. And as she's walking away, Isolde's like, man, I don't like it when she talks bad about you, a cigarette. I don't, I don't talk about her weird void body thing. I, I don't talk about that. I don't say that. Oh, that's disgusting. Don't talk to me about that. And, you know, I appreciate 
Shadow for for all all that she is, and Shadow's all like, mm, "Don't talk to me." It's just it's just not nice. It's just not very nice. It's all it's just not nice. Meanwhile, Theophania is heading to the cockpit. Like I, I was eating. I can ignore it most of the time. She can't bring it up when I'm eating. I'm eating. Ugh. <laughs> So, Isolt goes and starts prepping the skiff while you take the ship down to land. Mm-hmm. Is that a move? No, uh, no. I'm looking through the moves, I think, just for us to meet up with... Yeah, it doesn't look like it's moved. There are a lot of moves in this game, which yes. is great, but it means it's hard to remember, so I have to go through them. Yeah, but I think they're pretty... A lot of them link to each other. Yeah. And... I think they're mostly pretty clear. And also, you know, if we don't if we don't make a move for some, if we miss a move, that's fine. We just keep narrating. That's true. Okay, so we land. I don't know how one lands a ship, but I do that. I land it. I assume like like a helicopter. Is that not how? I feel like that's how a Could lot be. of. I feel like that's how a lot of fantasy does. It's either like a plane or a helicopter, right? It either goes straight down or it goes. It flies into like a hangar. Mm-hmm. So I think this one. I think some of them we fly into and some of them we go down on. And I think this is like a go down one, like a helicopter. Yeah. And the Amber is outfitted for both space flight and atmospheric flight. Mm-hmm. So it can fly in atmosphere as well as in the void. So however we want to land, I think we're, we're pretty set. Yeah. Well, we land like a helicopter. Okay. This time. All right. So we, we come into one of the major landing stations i think in one of the big settlement areas or well this settlement is it's probably just one settlement on the moon yeah called sepulcher sepulcher landing it's got a couple thousand population it's it's pretty it's fairly large for being this far out in the Mm -hmm. in nowhere uh i don't think there's there's probably like one or two other settlements in the solar system and uh, but Sepulchre Landing, Sepulchre's Landing is probably the biggest. It's really high tech as well. Um, it's got, as, as we're kind of landing, you can see that it's got this uh, really sort of high tech industrial architecture. It it almost feels like we're back on a core world almost, but it definitely has some of the expanse quirks the quirks that you see out in deeper space there's a lot of monuments here to whatever sort of religious figure is worshipped i don't i don't know and maybe you have some ideas or we can draw from one of the decks but there's there's a lot of religious symbolism kind of mixed in with this uh very industrial symbolism or this industrial architecture uh but it's very high tech it's very sleek on sepulcher landing uh, in a way that we probably weren't expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is definitely like the biggest port in in the solar system. And you find a place to land. Do you think there's like a airfield or do you think there's like a, a an orbital station around the moon? Or like, what do you think? I think it's more like an airfield outside of like where people live. Like a normal, you know, Ryanair airport i like that and maybe there's like a high-speed train that Mm -hmm. takes you into like the city proper so we land and there's just like hundreds of ships Mm -hmm. uh, or dozens of ships probably um but the but the train like i want to take my skiff oh right i imagine like they would need stuff like that 
So it's like a ferry, mm-hmm. high-speed ferry train. Like you can by yourself go or you could bring something. Yeah. So there's like roads as yeah. well, as well as this high-speed uh, train that takes you into the city. Yeah. So, yeah, you land and well, while I guess you're- I don't need to take my skiff if it's that high-tech. I could just come back for my skiff. Do you want to describe your skiff a little bit? I don't know what a skiff is, so no. There's a picture of a skiff here. Yes. So think- So um, the way that it's described is a flatbed hover vehicle. I literally pictured a pickup truck. <laughs> is what I pick up. Is, is what I pictured. Mm-hmm. What is What this little image shows is not that, but I've seen this in it, things, which makes sense. It is essentially a pickup truck, but without the cab. Yeah, so like in the old Star Wars movies, like Luke and Obi-Wan ride around in a skiff across yes. the desert. Yeah. Um, so d- do you want this to look like a, basically like a pickup truck? No, it doesn't make sense as a pickup truck. Like, looking at this image of what, like, what a skiff is and what, like, you know. It doesn't like, have to look like that. No, I know that. But when I'm looking at it, I'm like, that makes sense for how fast you probably travel in this thing. Oh, yeah. A pickup truck probably wouldn't do well. With how fast you probably end up traveling in this thing. Well, so I think- And like, you pr- you might have to go vertical sometimes. And like, I can't imagine a pickup truck would do great with that. My, I guess my only question then is, so it, it's a flatbed vehicle mm-hmm. for like transporting cargo, transporting things. Um, the cab where you're driving, mm-hmm. is it open? Yes. Okay. But it's more like a Jeep where like, you know how you can take the doors and the roof off of a Jeep? But mm-hmm. it's got like that outline. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what it is. So if I wanted to, if it's like raining, I can put something over it. Okay. To like cover myself. But so it's I'm got not... like roll bars almost. Yes. All yeah. right. For the people that are. For dying. the people. In the back, it's, I guess it kind of is like the bed of a pickup truck, but the back, what is that called? The back, the, the flap the be- on the back. The bed. No, no, no. But the flap, the door on the back. Oh, the. um. The door on the back. Yeah. It's taller. It's taller than a normal pickup truck. Oh, I see. So, so, like, you can stack stuff? Yeah, so I can stack stuff against it. And so that way, if we end up going, like, more vertical, that stuff doesn't just fall off. I can't – it's not an enclosed truck, like a semi-truck, where I can do whatever I wanted with it. Like, it, it's a skiff. It's just for short travel and, yeah. and picking things up. But uh, Color scheme? Same. As the ship? Mm-hmm. As the amber? Like a red, orangey type. Yeah. So Izzel is is kind of prepping the the skiff. She's she's like kind of uh, down under it a little bit, kind of checking the uh, anti grav nodules to make sure that everything is kind of everything is up to par, um, making sure that the the fuel cells are full, and just kind of getting everything together as the amber comes down for a landing. And there's kind of a big thud, uh, and amber kind of. Uh, drops the side of the skiff and rolls her shoulders a little bit and she walks over to the intercom and she presses a button she goes uh hey shadow the uh skiff's all ready to go so we're we're good when whenever you're ready to head out all right i'll meet you soon and you see her like change out of her well not in the cockpit you see her head to her little quarters and then you see what you see is her like start to remove her thing her overalls Mm -hmm. and then you see her put on a leather jacket you don't see her get naked that's not this kind of show (laughs) so she's wearing like what would be the typical of just like jeans a t-shirt and a jacket like it's nothing fancy so i am imagining that jeans t-shirts and jackets still exist in this world yes 
I as would, like I would think so. As like basic clothes, basic sturdy clothes. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've been wearing jeans since the railroads were built, so I feel like jeans will be forever, forever. Probably. Yeah, probably denim will be forever. So denim t-shirt, probably not a leather jacket. Actually, denim jacket. She wears a denim jacket. Okay, because her name is Theophania. She's a throwback. All of her is a throwback. <laughs> denim jacket with patches on it. She can't read. They're in a different language. It's a thrifted jacket. Oh, really? Yeah. That's that's great. I like that. Who who drives the skiff? Me. Duh. Uh, <laughs> it's mine. Uh, hey Shadow, you want you want me to drive no. this time? I can. This is mine. But I just got it. Let me drive it a little more before you try before you try to drive it. All right. I'm just saying. I used to drive the skiffs around at, at home all the time. And I know. You used to drive bigger trucks than this, so. But this is mine. Uh, okay. All right. This is I my just, toy. Nope. I just got it. Okay. Don't ju- no, but it's mine. <laughs> this is like her third time driving this thing. She's very excited. Don't touch it. So Isolt hops in the passenger side and uh, we take off towards Sepulchre Landing. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Heart Points, a one-to-one RPG actual play podcast. I am your husband and GM, Zach. And I am your wife and player, Diana. And this is episode one of Starforged. Yay! Now you know what we're playing. How are you, my darling? I am doing well. I'm actually quite excited um, to play this. So we, obviously we didn't make our characters on air, but when we were making our characters, I was, I kept telling Zach, I think I read this. I think I read this story. And I did. I read this story. It was a series. It was a romance series. It wasn't good and it was wonderful and I loved it. (laughs) Do you want to drop the name of that series? I can't remember it. Uh, I sent it to you. I sent you one of the names of like of one of the books, but I don't I So the reason I say it's not good is because even the author changed her name after she wrote these series. Like she started going by a different pen name. (laughs) So like I don't know if she's not proud of it or what. It felt like an ebook, but it wasn't. They're like real books. You can go to the store and buy them. Mm Mm-hmm. I loved it. It's everything a romance novel needs to be, but with um, space magic. It sounded like... Honestly, it's almost exactly this setting. So we are playing Starforged by Sean Tompkin. Mm-hmm. It is a game based on the Ironsworn system, which is, I-, I would say, closely related to Powered by the Apocalypse, but definitely has taken on its own thing. Similar to, I would say, how like Forged in the Dark is closely related to Powered by the Apocalypse, but very clearly a distinct thing. Yes. So uh, it it has some of the similar DNA of Powered by the Apocalypse, but definitely has a lot of new tech. And one of the things that I really like about it is that it has a lot of tech to support GMless play mm-hmm. in a long form campaign style of play, which I think is awesome. And I've wanted to get Iron Sworn to the table forever. And full disclosure, I've been, you said earlier, there's a ton of moves Mm -hmm. in this game and it the book is really clearly laid out the layout's gorgeous the information is presented in a really natural way i want to make it really clear that it's not the book's fault at all it is entirely my fault i was really intimidated by all the moving parts that the game has in order to support gmless play and so i i read it a few times and it took me a little while for it to click that 
all these pieces are interlocked. So you don't have to memorize all the different parts Mm -hmm. because the game is going to tell you when to check out the different parts. Yeah. So it's actually really clear, really straightforward, but I was intimidated by it. And so it's taken me a while for to like really push for us to get it on the show. And when Starforge, the sci-fi hack version came out, I was like, yes, we are playing this. We got to do it. We're getting it to the table. And we built our own setting for it. Well, we used the setting building kind of activity in the book to build our own setting. And I was like, this is exactly like one of my romance novels. I found the name of one of them. The first one that I read, it's called Canyons of the Night by Jane Castle. She does not write under Jane Castle anymore. Probably. I want to check it out. I actually super enjoyed it. I know I really like romance novels, but I thought it was it was unique. It was I'd never I've never encountered that like setting or what happens in the stories ever again. So I really liked it. I thought it was cool. Uh, just prepping this and doing like character creation and setting creation is like really making me crave some good space opera mm-hmm. uh, because space opera is like a genre that I really like in theory, but haven't really gotten into in practice. Mm-hmm. I don't like Star Wars in general, although Star Wars Visions is great. I was really into Firefly in college. Who wasn't? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like what millennial? Very. F- I feel like very few nerdy millennials got through college without like a Firefly phase. Correct. Which Correct. Um, now, I think in hindsight, Firefly is like hugely problematic and has some issues. I want to try it again, but I don't know. I mean, I think it is a product of its times. Yeah. You know, you always grow and get better. As as things go on, I don't know. I still think about some of the plot points. I'm like, okay, that was like legit. There was a lot of women on that show who were powerful. Yeah. Which is still, unfortunately, not something you see very often. And I think there was only one white woman out of the three main women. Oh, yeah. I think that's true. Oh, but growing up, I loved Outlaw Star. That was like my jam. Anyway, what I'm saying is, I like space opera, and I'm excited about this game. It's going to be great, guys. We're excited. I'm really excited about my character. So as as we kind of hinted at, Isolt has a symbiote, and I was really struggling because I didn't want it to just be like a Venom symbiote, mm-hmm. like just like goo that, I don't know, mist, like comes out of her. So I was trying to figure out what the symbiote's deal is, and I'm very excited for what I settled on. It's gross. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> so that's what you said to me right before we started recording. And then you described this septum piercing. And I was like, ew, that's disgusting because that's their symbiote. And that's gross. And I'm grossed out by that. Gross. That's not even the... I'm sure. The thing is, I'm that's sure. That's the tip of the iceberg. I am sure. <laughs> I am sure. And that's disgusting. Gross. Anyway, Theophania is excited to do this. Should I Should I tell them about Theophania? Um, Probably not. Yeah, we don't have to go into everything. I just am extremely excited about my symbiote, and I'm like struggling not to share everything about the symbiote. So we don't we don't have to. Well, stuff will come in through play. Is there anything else that we want to talk about? Keep listening, please. Yeah, please keep listening. All right, let's do this. All right. So the skiff makes its way into sepulcher landing proper and here we can kind of see these industrial towers rising up and there's a lot of construction there's a lot of work this is a 
very advanced station. Would something this advanced only have a sheriff? I don't understand the hierarchy of like sheriff versus like police officer. Or well, something. that's a good question. Um, well, I guess it could change too. Like the sheriff there doesn't necessarily have to correlate w- with what a sheriff is here. Yeah, that's true too. Well, so let me ask you this. So I came up with the name of this person. So this person's name is Corey Talon. Mm-hmm. They are a lawkeeper is their role. Okay. So they're concerned with the law. And I think when I said sheriff, I was maybe not thinking about all this stuff kind of together. Because mm-hmm. the more I look at what we pre or what I pre-generated for this station, the more this is kind of all coming together. So what do you think? What's the high? What's Captain? Oh, Captain Holt is a captain. Yeah. Well, no, I kind of I kind of like the title being sheriff. Because when this place started, it probably started really small. It didn't start with a thousand people and it didn't start with high tech buildings, right? It started probably mm-hmm. pretty small. So I think the title of sheriff just kept getting more responsibilities and then more people under it. And so I think sheriff now is probably what a captain would be, but is still like the sheriff of the town. So they're called sheriff, but they probably have a lot more responsibility yes. than a sheriff. Right. Because they're in charge of a lot more people and they've got like officers probably under them not deputies but like legit officers and mm. stuff under them but i i don't know i kind of like that idea like it started small so like the names of stuff probably never changed like the pharmacy is probably still the apothecary and or i don't know pharmacy because the, the language is supposed to be what it is now but just a little bit ahead of us so yeah i like apothecary or chemist yeah i, I like, mean they I still like call them chemists in, in england. like in yeah england europe yeah. it's called a pharmacy in portugal it's not called a chemist. That's boring. I think the person is a chemist, but the place is the pharmacy. Mm. Any hoosies. I think we're looking for the sheriff. All right. So, yeah, I think you uh, drive the skiff up to this kind of tall, uh, very regal government building. And this is a pretty busy city. Like I said, there's thousands of people here. Does thousands, thousands make a city? Yes. I thought you said a thousand. No, thousands, plural. Uh, a couple thousand. That's a city. That's not a small place. Yeah. I mean, especially for a moon. Imagine, yeah. imagine, I imagine thousands of people would make it very crowded very fast. Like there's thousands of people. Big. I mean, it, it's, there's a, th- there's thousands of people in the town that we live in. And it doesn't, really? al- it doesn't always feel like, that. yeah, there's thousands of people. What? Yeah. Man, this place is smaller. I don't, Diana, we've, listen, we've I know we clearly have... established I have absolutely no concept of I know, scale. but what I'm saying, what I'm saying is that even if it was only 2,000 people in this place, the moon is probably smaller. And so everything's a little bit more compact. So yeah. it probably feels like. Busier. Korea. Like Seoul. Yeah. Or like Beijing. Which is not in Korea. You know what I mean? Just like mm-hmm. those big mega cities where everybody's on top of each other. That's probably what it feels like. Yeah. Even though it's not like thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Like those apartment buildings in Alaska where the whole town is in one apartment oh, building. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Okay, yeah. So it's it's a couple. Yeah. So thousands. There's lots of people. Lots of big buildings. Yeah. But it, I imagine. But it's compressed into a small area of the moon. That's yeah. kind of what I imagine. Okay. So we pull up to the government building looking for Sheriff Talon. And there's kind of, there's skiffs, there's building, or there's cars kind of like passing us on the street. And we find a place to park and get out. Purposefully, with a lot of confidence, heading straight for the front door, opening up what I imagine is a glass door. 
because I feel like it's always glass. Glass door and just going straight up to the receptionist being like, I am looking for Sheriff Talon. Okay. Like, sort of bored. Yeah, there's a, I think there's a man behind the desk, uh, kind of like a, a thinner dude, and he kind of like looks the two of us up and down. He goes, uh, uh, or, or, yeah, uh, just go, uh, sweet, uh, sweet 3C is, uh, is Sheriff Talon. So, um, do you have an, uh, do you have an appointment? And he starts like kind of scanning his computer. So she does not answer when he says sweet 3C. She like, slams her head not slams like angrily but like she'd been leaning on her hand so she like smacks the table and's like thanks just starts walking uh uh ma'am ma'am continues to walk it's like we're good don't worry about well we're good we got it and she (laughs) walks away finger guns and all yeah and follows you i think we get up into the elevator and i think that's kind of we're going up the elevator is old asks so, so you really... Do- oh, actually, before we do that, can you draw a tarot card? The High Priestess. Ooh, okay. That's really appropriate. So there is a big festival going on at this religious... Colony. Colony. And I feel like we do this constantly. We literally just did this with Wander Home. But I swear to God, I randomly rolled this. If the the one the settlement's project is festival mm-hmm. and the name was sepulcher which is a which is like a religious monument so there's some sort of religious festival going on here i swear this was all randomly rolled <laughs> um well i mean but it's an ice planet right it the the this, planet is ice we're on the moon yeah we orbit an ice planet right and everybody's like densely pop- populated in this space probably because this is the only space where the ice of the planet isn't like blasting us Mm. right it's like the way that the moon orbits it's you know how we always have the dark side of the moon it's probably something like that like maybe this is like on the light side of the moon and the the light so we get the light from the sun and we also get the reflection of the sun Mm -hmm. off of the ice yeah so, like, this place is, like, actually pretty nice and warm. Yeah, and that's why everybody's so densely, pop- like, densely in this area because mm-hmm. you can't really spread out from there. It would be, like, death. You, yeah. You're just going to freeze to death. Um, and so if that's the case, wouldn't you have an, a holiday to celebrate that? <laughs> be like, please don't move too much in one direction or the other because then we're all fucked. Yeah. Like, at that point, you have – I feel like that's what the celebration is. The tarot deck that you have, the High Priestess – there's two columns behind her, and one is the sun and one is the moon, and that's where I got the idea from. Great. It was from this card. So. Once again, we're using the Star Spinner Tarot by Trungles as, as, as an idea generator. Um, so this festival is – do we have a name for the festival? We can also roll. I mean, I think it's just the Sun Festival. The Sun Festival? Like festivals – speaking as a Portuguese person whose mom has told her about every festival ever, it's literally like, that's St. Miguel's Festival – that's that town's festival. It's just the name of the town, and that's mm-hmm. their festival. Like, I don't think festivals need to have big names. Like, the Sun Festival. All right. Uh, can I add that the religion of this colony believes in, like, a star goddess? They yes. believe that all the stars have, like, this feminine energy. They have a um, – which also kind of plays into we left our home – because all the sun started dying. Mm-hmm. And so this place is one of probably many places that have a sun cult. Yeah. Uh, they they worship the stars as as like a goddess place. Yeah, I think Isolt's kind of in the elevator as we're going up. And she goes, um, 
Did you see all the they're they're setting up for the for the big festival? It looks like that there's gonna be good food. That there's gonna be real good food. You are very excited about this food. I mean, listen, there's just also gonna be a lot of people. There's gonna be a lot of people at this festival. Yeah, yeah, but but you know, people are good. People, the a lot of people, um, people. Mm. There's there's a lot of but there's a lot of greenery on this planet. So you know, just I can feel that. Yeah, oxygen. You know that it's that not recycled air. That's like real atmosphere. It just can't. Can't you feel that? All right, I'll give you. I'll give you that. But people are the worst. I mean, I mean, so people people aren't that bad, Shadow. People are the worst. I mean, some people are the worst, but that's where we come in, right? Yeah, I think we're also the worst, though. What? No, people are the worst. Just people in general are the worst. No, but you are right. This air is nice. It's fresh. I saw a tree. Don't get to see very many of those on the ship. The so. elevator dings. And the doors open. And we are on uh, floor three. And there's, you know, a bunch of people bustling around. This kind of looks uh, kind of like a police precinct a little bit. There is, you know, people doing a lot of paperwork. There's some people, uh, you know, talk. There's a lot of talking, a lot of paperwork. Uh, some people kind of dealing with, with low-level crime as, uh, as we kind of disembark onto this floor yep and i think you see theophania is just like really confident even though she's never been in this building before she's very confident like i'm walking this way i'm gonna start looking at the letters i'll get to see at some point starts walking confident no one's gonna stop her because she's a woman on a mission yeah and you get to sheriff talon's door i do not knock i just open the door oh okay uh he called me that's that's true just saying that's very true. He called me. I'm not rude. I just opened the door like, hey, here I am. If somebody's in there, I will leave. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, no, it's uh, it's just Sheriff Talon. Talon is this big man, both in height and width. Just kind of a large, imposing figure. But he also looks pretty tired. Um, he's got kind of bags under his eyes. He's got, I think his hair is turning gray. Um, he's got maybe like a big gray bushy mustache and you enter with Isolt falling behind and he looks up and goes, excuse me, who, who are you? I'm pretty sure you called me. I'm Shadow. And what's your call sign? Uh, I don't have a call sign. I just did it by Isolt. Oh, I'm Shadow and this is Isolt. Oh, oh, the, the bounty hunters. Uh, right. Come in, come in, come in, take a seat. And he starts shuffling some papers. Can I get you anything? Water? Coffee? No, I'm good, thank you. Is all? Uh, I'll have a... Uh, do you have juice? Juice? Yeah, like uh, like apple juice or grape juice or orange juice or pear juice or cranberry juice or... Uh, d- d- yes, alright. Uh, press the intercom. Uh, can somebody please get us some, some juice, please? Thank you. And, um, yes, so... I think he extends a hand to shake your hand, Shadow. I shake it. Shakes your hand. And I think he is, I think he's like wearing like a priest collar as well. Like, I think he is. That's um, weird. Or maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what this like star cult is, is all about. What, uh, what do you, what do, what do we say? Okay. Well, so he shakes my hand. Mm-hmm. Okay. I know we're waiting for the juice, but why don't you just go ahead and tell us why you called us? So here's a question. I don't know. I don't know what the problem is. Perfect. <laughs> Wunderbar. 
Are you looking for a move? Yeah, I just kind of want to see what the moves are, and that might help me make an idea. Well, I think, so we have a couple options. I think there are oracle tables that we could roll on to mm-hmm. see what's going on here. I think there is, we could also try drawing from the tarot deck to see if that gives us any ideas. Mm-hmm. So we are, so one thing that we haven't really talked about. Oh, that's a scary looking fella. That's who we're looking for. Oh, that's a scary looking fella. So we also have, we have both the Star Spinner Tarot and the Fabulous Pocket Guild by Evelyn Moreau. Uh, so Diana just drew a scary looking fella with a hook hand and a sword. He's, I, th- I think one of his eyes is covered. Yeah. He looks like a gladiator the way he's drawn, but that's, we're not looking for a gladiator. Yeah, but we are looking for a dude who is obviously a scary fighter mm-hmm. and has seen some shit. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And in order to see what this person is doing that mm-hmm. needs to be stopped, uh, we can either draw from the tarot deck or we could roll on the oracle in, in the book. Let's uh, let's do something with the oracle. Okay. Could you roll me 2d100, please? Sure. 2d100 or just percentile dice, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. So you're going to roll two sets of percentile dice. Oh, I, just, I rolled these two? Uh, yeah, but let's also... How, let's do these. That, how does that make sense? Uh, because we are going to roll for both an action and a theme for that action, for whatever per- this person's scheme is. Got gotcha. you. All right. So 56, 76. That's a 59. You're right. 59. And a 76. 76. So 59 is... Journey is the action. And 76 is rumor for the theme. So what kind of like plot? Hitman. Hitman? Yes. You put together Journey and Rumor? Listen. Into Hitman? <laughs> Listen. Okay. I was already thinking Hitman. Okay. This festival's coming up, right? Yes. So, like, the high priestess is coming out. She never comes out. Oh, she never okay. makes appearances. And there's a rumor, there's a rumor that there is a faction or sub-faction or something that... um. So is it a high priestess? Is it a priest? How feminine? How matriarchal? How patriarchal is this society? Because the f- subfaction could be like men need to be in charge, or the subfaction could be like this woman is corrupt and somebody else needs to be in charge. Well, one of the things that we established for our setting was that there are families that run the different sectors, mm-hmm. right? So throughout the galaxy, there's like five families that are mm-hmm. kind of like in control. Mm-hmm. So what if this is part of like a cold war going on between two of the families? Is it two families or is it two branches of the same family? Ooh, I like that a lot. So this so, so it still has nothing to do with the private citizens, but it's still like the families. Mm-hmm. So Sheriff Talon opens up and he goes, uh, listen, I've I've got a rumor that I think is a little bit above our pay grade out here. As, as part of the Solar Festival, we have uh, one of the major high priestesses of the Solar... Do they just call it the Solar Cult? Yeah. Of the Solar Cult visiting Sepulchre Station. Uh, we have a reliquary here. Um, so this is a little bit of a... What's it called when you go on a religious journey? A pilgrimage? A pilgrimage. This is a little bit of a pilgrimage site. I don't know if either of you are you know, star worshippers or anything, but um, solarists. I don't know if either of you are solarists, but uh, this is a this is kind of a pilgrimage site for solarists. So as part of the solar festival this year, 
one of the high priestesses are visiting. We've got a rumor that this guy needs a name. This gentleman. Bob. An assassin by the name of Bob. No. No. His name is... Um... We've got word that a assassin by the name of Kirsa Hawking is aiming to use this opportunity to attack the high priestess. It goes by the code name Ogre. Here's a question. The the little figure on here is a man. Mm-hmm. Is like very, you know, masculine presenting. Do we want to keep them masculine presenting or do we want to make them feminine presenting? Do we have to decide right now? No, we don't. We know their name. We know their call sign. That's all we know. Kirsa Hawking, code name Ogre. I think he looks at the two of us and he's like, are you sure you two can handle it? I, I mean, I put out a call for bounty hunters and, you know, y'all are who, like, uh, I just, you're kind of small, to be honest. And you see Theophania's eyes, like, wince, not wince, squint. Well, if a big man could do this job, then you would have done it. So you meet, you might need something different. He goes, uh, okay, fair, uh, fair. Actually, is that a... Would it be test your relationship? Ooh, uh, no, but I think it might be develop your relationship. Okay. Or just make a connection. No, making a connection is meeting a PC. I think develop your relationship. Okay, so actually, let's do make a connection first, because you are, I think, giving focus to an existing relationship or search out a new relationship. We're building this relationship yeah. with uh, Sheriff Talon. Yeah. So you're going to roll plus heart. Okay. All right. So I already rolled. I will, if you'll let me, I'll roll again. Yeah, well, why don't okay. you roll? <laughs> now that we've kn- now that we know what move we're making, okay. and what's your heart? It's one. It's not. It's not solid. One of my d tens is a five. The other is a seven, and my heart plus my d six is a four, which means I fail. Okay. So on a miss, you don't make a connection, and the situation worsens. We are going to pay the price. Yes. So you shouldn't you, have called me little. When you suffer the outcome of an action, choose one. Make the most obvious negative outcome happen. Ask the oracle for inspiration. Interpret the answer as a hardship or complication. Or roll on the table below. I think the most obvious negative outcome is going to happen, which is um, he does not like that you insinuated that you can't, that he can't do his job. Fair. Um, and we see him kind of we see Sheriff Taylor kind of brussel up and he goes, listen here, I know you two are bounty hunters. I don't know how proven you are, but uh, I, I don't really appreciate you stepping up to me just because I'm a little concerned about who I'm hiring. Does, does that, do you understand? Isolt is going to try to read his emotions. Okay. Because I think Isolt is more of a people person than you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would not call Theophania a people person. Yeah. Do I just not make people per- I feel like a lot of my characters lately have not been people people. No, you are people incredibly people. antisocial. Yeah. All right, that is a hit. So Isolt is an empath. She's capable of kind of like reaching out and feeling people's emotions, sensing their memories, uh, she can't really read minds, but she can read feelings. What? So what is... So that's going to give me two momentum, actually, for a hit. Or for a strong hit, rather. And I get 
a helpful aspect of their inner self. So what am I sensing uh, from Sheriff Talon? Fear. Deep fear. Uh, and I think Isolt kind of like grabs Shadow's arm and she goes, Sheriff Talon, I- I- I'm so sorry. We-, we don't mean any disrespect. We know this must be a really scary time for you and and that you know you're you're dealing with a lot of pressure with the festival coming up so i think what my partner shadow is trying to do is she just wants to reassure you that that we can do this job that we are on it and we promise you no harm is going to come to the high priestess while you're on the job so i can i can add plus 1 to use that insight while making a move so I think what I'm trying to do is compel with charm. I'm trying to charm or pacify. Okay. Kind of like chill him out a little bit. So I'm going to roll I'm going to roll I'm going to roll the compel move to charm. That's plus heart and then I get another plus 1 to because of because I just read him. Mm-hmm. And that is one. Oh boy. 2 3 4 So that's a weak hit. That's a weak hit. Yeah. On a weak hit, they will agree to what I want or my conditions, but it comes with a demand or complication. So what's his counteroffer? I don't know if this is a counteroffer or not, but if you do this job, if I give you this job and you do this job, you have to do it without any of my people knowing what is going on. Ooh. Okay. So he wants to keep this on like the DL. Mm Mm-hmm. Not just that he hired bounty hunters, but also that they are seeking this guy. Okay. The ogre. Not this guy, the ogre. Oh, oh, yeah. No problem, Sheriff. Uh, we are nothing if not discreet. Isn't that, isn't that right, Shadow? Her name's Shadow because she, because that's what she did. She's sneaking around the shadows. She's sneaking in the darkness. You know, just kind of, uh, she's totally unseen. Isn't that right, Shadow? We'll, we'll keep it on the DL. Shadow was just staring at her like sour-faced. While she was doing that. Like, what are you doing? Turns to Sheriff. Mm-hmm. Clearly biting her tongue. Wants to say more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, okay. As long as those conditions are, are understood between the three of us, then I, I'm willing to entrust this job to your hands. God knows you're the only bounty hunters that reached out, which I don't, I can't understand what's going on, but. All right, just keep it on the DL. Find this jackass as soon as you can and get rid of them. I don't care what you do, but nothing can happen to the high priestess. Understood? Understood. So I think the last thing we're going to do this session is we're going to swear our iron vow. Yeah. Um, And we established... The iron comes from the, our generation ships that we came to the forge on, right? Mm-hmm. So we each have a little piece of like the original generation ships that that brought us here. What is your piece? Would we each have a piece of that, or would something like the police station have like a piece? And you're, oh, you go to and you go to like the police station because like how would everybody have a piece of this ship? Well, because I'm thinking there little bitty pieces and these generation ships are huge and not everybody on the in the in the forge is iron sworn okay. so like an iron sworn is kind of like you know they're not necessarily bounty hunters or or we could say that all iron sworn are bounty hunters but i think they're like freelancers people who do dirty jobs Got it. Um, people who kind of just travel diverse 
Got it. Understood. You know how you can get those necklaces with like little gemstones and stuff inside them? Mm-hmm. It's like a speck. You almost can't even see how little it is um, inside this necklace that I just like wear. Long chain. Like I have to pull it out. It takes a while. I think that's how I wear mine. Yeah. I think Izzolt's, I think it's half of a lug nut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's like half of a lug nut that's been like broken and warped and worn down over time. And um, I think it's just kind of wrapped up in like a wire and made into almost like a bracelet. Mm-hmm. And uh, she holds out her hand and she presses that that little half a lug nut and you have your little shard. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are going to vow to take down the ogre. That's going to be our our quest. Do I have to make that move? Yes. So when you swear an iron vow, um, you swear upon iron to complete the quest. You write your vow and give it rank. And then you roll heart. Roll plus heart. All right. I think this is either... I don't think it's troublesome or epic. I'm wondering if it's formidable. I think formidable makes sense. So there's one, two, there's five levels of quests. Epic is like huge, to, mm-hmm. could take years. Troublesome is like really immediate. This is my first time playing, so I don't really know what the timeline looks like for these. Mm-hmm. But I, I think I, I kind of want to take, I think finding him is either going to be, finding them is either going to be dangerous or formidable. That's rank two or rank three out of five. Rank three. Rank three? Yeah. All right. It's going to be a formidable quest to find this person. So I have Bounty Hunter as one of my paths. So I think I add one to my roll. Because uh, when, you, when you take a bounty contract and swear an iron vow to see it done, add one. So I just add one. Okay. All right. So why don't you make that roll for us to is determine- Is he a connection? I know I failed that roll, but is he a connection? Does he count? Uh, yeah, I think so. We both get to add another one. Oh my goodness. I can add three, but I definitely still fail that. Uh, you could also... Oh, uh, no, your momentum's only two. Okay. All right. That's real bad. Mm-hmm. I face a significant obstacle before you can make progress on your quest. Envision what stands in your way and do what you must to overcome this obstacle. I have an idea. Okay. Well, what do you think is going to be the, is the big obstacle? I think this... I think I know the ogre. Ooh. I don't know if I know them as the ogre, but the name, I think I know them. I think they were a part of the, I think they were one of the people that I worked for before I became free. So my backstory. Yeah. Could you share a little bit? My backstory is that I was orphaned and had to earn my keep by um, using, I had to keep my room and board through using my shade powers. So I can make, I can cloak myself and like be sneaky. And I think like where I was. The family that was in charge ran everything like a mafia. Like it was a lot of like illegal stuff. And I don't know if it was the whole family or just sect of the family. But what I was familiar with was like the underbelly. And um, they were not kind people. And this name, I think, is one of the aliases of or or I'd heard it or something. It's a connection to the family that I'd worked with before. I think there's a chance that I know this person, which means I wouldn't necessarily be able to surprise them because they know my powers and they know Mm. what I'm, what I'm capable of doing a suggestion. Well, I like that as a complication. I'm wondering about the wording of this, where it says that there's an obstacle in our way Mm -hmm. before we can complete. So how do you, 
what do you think the steps are? Like, I think that sounds like a complication, but is it an obstacle? Well, I think maybe the obstacle is that like, so the sheriff had asked that no one know us, but because I think I know this person, it's so important that no one realize that we're here and no one like know us. So like I might have to take an alias. Okay. So, so the obstacle is we're going to need to do something to really stay under the radar because if we fail, then the ogre knows a lot about us. Yes. Okay, cool. All right, I'm into that. So we make our uh, vows and then we step out. Did you pass? Uh, Only only, one of us? Only one of us. Oh, then I shouldn't have rolled. I'm terrible at rolling. But you have the bounty hunter. But I'm terrible at rolling. (laughs) I thought we both rolled because we both made a vow. I was mistaken. No, I think since we're sharing the progress track because it's the same bow. Understood. You will be rolling next time just so you are aware. You're a better roller than me. Okay. All right. And even I feel like even if I like helped in some way, I think there is like rules that like if you help generally you roll on your own. There's not a ton of help rules, but I think there is like I could give you plus one. I rolled a one on a six and a ten. So there's there's nothing. nothing, There's nothing. Nothing we could have done. All right, so we're going to need aliases. I will have to dye my hair, I guess. We're going to need to do, yeah, do some work. Get a wig. All right, that's it for this week. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Starforged was designed by Sean Tompkin. It is based on the Ironsworn system. You can find more at ironsworn.rpg.com. We want to thank Zach B., our editor and producer, without whom this show would not get made. If you didn't hear rain, goblin noises, just everything, you can thank Zach B. We also want to thank In Love with the Ghost for the use of their song, Chilling at Nemo's Place, off of the album Healing. You can find In Love with the Ghost at inlovewiththeghost.bandcamp.com. Please make sure to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. It means a lot to us and it helps other people to find us. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at HeartPointsPod. Please follow us and join us for discussion about RPGs and podcasts, and make sure to share us with everyone you know, especially your RPG-loving friends. Thank you so much to our patrons, whose support keeps this show going. If you would like to become a patron of this show, find us at patreon.com forward slash HeartPointsPod. You can directly support the show and help us to maintain and better it every week while getting cool rewards like access to our patron-only Discord, a monthly bonus pod, and other things. Every dollar makes a huge difference. This episode was sponsored by patrons James McDonald and Blink. Blink is the planet-side god known as the dutiful Speaker of the Pearl, whose shrine is well-known and visited from travels all throughout the Forge. Thank you so much for your support, James and Blink. And thank all of you again for joining us in our adventure today. We hope that as you return back to the real world that you continue to have a very nice day. But like a very, very nice one. <laughs>